to Cup of Cubby Blue. You're the Cubs have lost 10 in a row, and folks, it is not pretty home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs. I write about StubHub just absolutely demolishing their app and making it unusable for quote-unquote a few weeks and more at Bleed Cubby Blue. Uh, And as always, I am joined today by the one and only Danny Rocket. How is it going, Danny? Well, Sarah, it's going terrible. (laughs) But I'm alive! It's Friday. The weather's nice. It's not so hot today, so I'm just going to count my blessings, as Oprah would say in The Secret. Uh, And... um, we're just gonna we're just gonna carry on, my friend. Yeah, carry on is about what I am trying to do at the moment too. I would like to shout out the Chicago Tribune who finally covered the StubHub thing. I I feel like I've been screaming into the wind on this one I'm a little bit like I'm Cassandra. I'm just like nobody has seemed to cover it until this morning except for us. But I think it's important. Uh, thousands of fans are out thousands of dollars in some cases tens of thousands of dollars, and it's honestly ridiculous and if you are trying to get to a game this weekend for father's day because hey you know why not who wouldn't want to see a baseball game on father's day in the sun i would recommend looking for another resale app if possible or being very careful with what you're doing on StubHub because they are just it's just not reliable right now yeah i had a friend uh text me today that he lost a heck of a lot of money due to StubHub's glitch uh, and he's not happy about it. And I kind of think that there's probably ticket sellers and especially season ticket holders. Like not everybody goes to all 81 if you got the season tickets. So you can count on something like StubHub just working. And then when it doesn't, you're just sitting there holding and eating tickets. And in some cases, when you have really nice tickets, like my friend does, um, you can stand to lose quite a bit of money. <laughs> stupidly and, and 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 unnecessarily and i smell a class action lawsuit because i mean didn't mlb they're linked up with StubHub, so StubHub ev- is their official resale partner yeah so i mean they i mean mlb screws up a lot but this is like straight to fan. Now you're screwing up the money. Like it's one thing if you screw up the team and kind of like screw us out of a fun seat come season on the North side. It's another thing when you screw with like thousands of dollars of people's money, they're not going to take that as lying down as they will like an underperforming baseball team. Yeah, totally. I mean, one of the things that is interesting here. And I covered this in my most recent piece, which if you haven't checked it out, uh, it dropped earlier this week. It is definitely worth reading. I talked to a bunch of fans, big shout out to every fan who wrote me. There were dozens of you who told me about your experiences and I couldn't put all of them in the story, but I did try to capture uh, what has been going on with fans, ticket resellers, people who are just trying to use the app the way it's always been supposed to be used. Um, You know, I am really stunned at how incompetent StubHub has been here in terms of not responding to customers, not uh, taking their complaints seriously, really just telling ticket sellers they're out of luck, that they're, there's no guarantee their tickets will sell. So if their tickets like just totally disappeared off the site, like StubHub's like, oh, well, it's not our bad. Um, but MLB teams have really stepped up here. So to a T, the people I talked to were kind of turned away by StubHub, but then MLB teams took care of them. One of the stories that didn't make it into that particular piece, I I ran into some 
Cubs fans um, after a game and, and they were, you know, their tickets weren't there when they got there. They showed up and the Cubs put them in better seats. They made sure they got the lineup card for the game. They, they really made sure they had a nice experience. And I'm hearing that teams are doing that all over the league. That said, teams shouldn't have to do this. Like StubHub had a job to do and they failed. Yeah, it is just, I've never seen a worse rollout. I mean, this is like new Coke back in the eighties. It just, I mean, at least new Coke tasted kind of like Coke, but if you just don't get your tickets that you bought and maybe flew across the country for to catch, to catch the game and all of a sudden your tickets just are missing and you can't get in. I mean, wow. I mean, I've never seen it. Anybody screw up so badly. I it's, I've, I've never seen it. This is the worst thing. And you know, I, I'm not seeing every company and what they're doing, but this is just amazing how badly <laughs> this went and what with the incompetence that's associated with it. Um, yeah. I, does, is there any reason why have you? No, I've been in contact with a StubHub spokesperson. My The answers I've gotten have not been super specific, but I will share what I know. Uh, it looks like they were doing site maintenance to try to, I don't even, they call it maintenance. They don't even call it an upgrade. Like they were trying to fix lots of things. They do say the app will be much better, quote unquote, for users later. I don't know what that means. Um, at some mysterious point in the future, I guess there will be better functionality on the app if, if you stick around for a few weeks while they figure it out. But something obviously went wrong. And these upgrades are not supposed to have underlying issues that take, quote unquote, a few weeks to resolve weeks, Danny. Like they started with, oh, we're going to shut it down for four days. We'll be back. Now they're saying it's a few weeks. Um, They did say that they're working with people to try to make sure that tickets are listed, that they believe that the listing issues they had were resolved. I don't think that's true because... You and I both know that there are usually like 3,500, 4,000 tickets available before a Cubs game. When I log in right now, I see like 900. Yeah. And the inventory is pretty sparse. Like there's clearly tickets that are not being listed or that were listed before and aren't listed now. So, well, um, an app the doesn't one, work. Right. Like if, right. if I, if I click on a section, for example, like I might even see the ticket for available. And, uh, and I, and it'll be like in the, you know, just the main listing. And then I'm like, Oh, what other seats are available in that section? And the seats that I just saw were available are now not available in that section that I just clicked on. Like it's just, the functionality is totally messed up. So like, if I'm like, Oh, I see these tickets in section 427. Sure. I'll sit over there. And then I click on section 427 and those seats basically disappear in front of my eyes. Like, or the price goes up or it's different seats or, you know, so I just, I, I have no idea what the hell they did, but whatever they did, it was a total fail. And I'm not going to say that'll be the reason why Wrigley field's empty, but it'll be one of the reasons that Wrigley field's empty. There's the weather's beautiful, but if people can't get the tickets, uh, you know, or sell their tickets. And I've heard from a lot of people just like you did that they can't sell their tickets. Uh, Joe Johnson from obvious shirts. Oh yeah. I saw that. Yep. He had to give away his tickets because of the uh, not functional, non functionality of the app. So people are just doing other things, but you know, giving away tickets means losing money and uh, there's going to be a class action. No doubt in my mind. Yeah, I think there should be. I think that I saw Joe's post and I, and that was really kind of him to give away his seats, but also like, 
Again, he shouldn't have to. There should be a functioning resale app that allows him to list those tickets and sell them easily to consumers. And those are good seats down in that 100 uh, area. You and I have sat in that area before down in like 106, 116. Like I, those are great seats. It's something that you, those are seats that would sell if the app was up and functioning. I noticed the same thing you did about glitches. Like it's very buggy and slow to get through. You do not get intuitive instructions if you've made a purchase. And and to be clear, I was able to purchase a ticket. I have a ticket for Sunday's game that I purchased on StubHub. It showed up in my ballpark app. But when I clicked on view order on StubHub, it actually bounced me to another page as if I needed to buy a different ticket for a different game. And I thought I had to force close the app to get out of that. Like it, every time I opened the app, it wanted me to buy this other ticket. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to buy that ticket. So yeah, super glitchy. Is, it, it's not a good experience right now. I am glad that teams are making it right by fans. I And they better because those are their season ticket holders. Uh, and those are their season ticket holder seats that have been resold. But fan, like teams should not have had to step in like this. StubHub should have a product that is stable and that works. And I would not be shocked if, MLB is having conversations with StubHub as well. You know, like if I'm if I'm the person in charge of this partnership, we need to have a conversation because something has gone terribly wrong. Well, even worse for StubHub is, you know, this is all happening during the NHL and NBA playoffs that just ended. I mean, I mean, it's one thing if you've got like a bunch of June games of MLB season going on. And I mean, but it's concert season. I mean, there's never a good time uh, for right. your whole situation to go away. But can you imagine the uh, like you bought some like NBA finals tickets for like four thousand dollars and then you just can't get in like, oh, there's going to be huge heads that will roll. I mean, it, it, unfortunately, it's going to take a while and a lot of uh, lawyers and, uh, you know, but when that I'm not going to make the same mistake I made with that Facebook thing, I'm going to sign up for the class action lawsuit for somebody who used StubHub at that time and get my 500 bucks or whatever it'll be. But um, man, it's, it's just unconscionable. I I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a modern problem to have in some ways. I always try to check myself with those things. Like, Oh, I can't buy tickets to a baseball game that I don't really need to go to. But at the same time, it's like when something works and then doesn't work, you want to be like, why is everybody an idiot? Like that's that's what I always get down to. It's like why do these giant companies take all your money and make their products worse at all times? You know, why do the why are the Cubs so op- opaque with their tickets? Why can't do I just have to pick a section and not, you know, there's lots of blame to go around like why do MLB blackouts exist? Like it always comes down to screwing over the consumer. And, you know, as like I don't want to get political or anything, but like as corporations have more and more power in the world, you know, they're just going to do whatever they can to nickel and dime you out of more. Like, you know, the idea the customer is always right. Like, that's not a thing anymore. Like, right now I'm dealing with six actors that can't get to New York on an airplane because their flight was canceled this morning when they're on their way to the airport. And they've got no way to get them there on time for the show. So they're, like, renting a car. Like, can you sue American Airlines for canceling their flight six hours before it's supposed to take off? No, you don't have any rights. American Airlines used to bend over backwards. Like, I remember the days where I would purposefully miss morning flights just because I knew they'd put me on another one. Right. You know, I'd be like, I'll show up late and be like, I ever slept. I didn't make it. And that's exactly what happened. 
And they would just put me on another one. And I'd take it and I'd look at the thing. I'm like, oh, I can get another flight. No problem. But those days have sailed when corporations will actually take care of people. You have to like hire a bunch of lawyers and, you know, scream and yell about it. Maybe two years later, you'll get a check. Um, yeah, it's it sucks. And uh, it makes me not want to go. It right. literally made like yesterday. I couldn't. Here's another StubHub thing. I had an extra bleacher ticket yesterday. Can I just sell one bleacher ticket out of my order of two? I tried everybody. I, I texted you, sir. You want to go sit the bleachers? No, you can't. So I, I'm like, all right, I'll sell a ticket. I can't. I can't sell one of the two tickets. I have to. So I just gave it away to a guy who was just standing outside of the firehouse. Why couldn't you sell one of the two tickets? That's so weird. It will. It made me have to sell two. I have to sell both. That's ridiculous. That's it's totally glitchy. absurd. Yeah. That's totally absurd. Well, the Tribune finally joined the party in covering this. Um, so you can read a Chicago Tribune story that went up uh, literally just a few minutes ago from Megan Montemoro. Uh, it has a statement from MLB and a statement from the Cubs in it. I recommend that you do. But I also recommend that, again, if you're looking for tickets for Father's Day, if you're looking for tickets for that Red Sox series that's happening at Wrigley Field over – Right before the 4th of July weekend. If you're looking t- for tickets for the 4th of July, I can- I'm telling you that StubHub says it's going to take them a few weeks. I don't know that I would use them for those opportunities if you're looking to list. Because I-, I just, like Danny said, it- it's really glitchy and hard to do. Yeah. I'm just not going to participate until it's done. Agreed. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. Speaking of things we may not want to participate in until they're done, but, you know, I can't quit the Cubs. Uh, the Cubs are in a 10-game losing streak. Having after dropping four games to the San Diego Padres and a few of those games were honestly just they, they were pretty embarrassing. Danny, before we jump in to the specifics of these games, how are you feeling about the Cubs? Oh wow. Um wow, this just they just really fell off a cliff here. Um I mean you got the injuries. There's lots of blame to go around. Uh you, you first and foremost, you you're down like basically your starting rotation, which was pretty, it didn't have any depth in the first place. You kind of had it all, had to have it all work right, especially from a health standpoint. Miley, Strowman gone. Uh, Smiley is the Miley, Smiley brothers haven't been there. Um, you've relied on a bunch of minor league guys. Some you never even heard of before this year, like Swarmer, uh, unless you're really getting into the depth. And, and, Unfortunately, like lost in all this 10 game losing streak are some like pretty decent performances of like guys like Steele, who's been doing pretty well. And, uh, you know, Morrell, who continues to hit. Um, Ian Happ has a five game hitting streak. Happ, like, yeah. Harris was well, on base like 16 out of 17 times. We yeah, all so there's, it. There's, there's good things happening, which is just a shame because it's just like you. You've got these like three, four guys, and you're like, well, if they do well, they're traded. Oh, so any good thing that happens is actually bad for us in many respects because it means the team team's going to be even worse at the end of next month. At the end of by the trade deadline, it's over, and like, so it's tough to watch. These weren't competitive ball games, you know. Frank Schwindel making it onto Stephen Colbert as a joke because he's got a 35 mile per hour. Ephus quote unquote pitch that he throws. And, um, you know, this is just not the publicity you want as a Cub fan. Like we were pretty much walking tall for a while and we were told that we were going to compete every year. And then you look at what's going on right now. 
And I mean, there's no one coming to the rescue. Oh it, yeah, it is. It is bleak, my friend. Did you happen to watch any of Jed Hoyer's? They called it a press conference. It was more like a scrum with re- an extended scrum with reporters in a dugout. It didn't. It didn't have like that whole backdrop. We scheduled this. To, told you to tune in press conference feel, but it was a it was a solid like 30, 35 minute availability, and he did field some some tough questions, although I will contend he didn't really answer them with any level of specificity that was helpful. Did you catch any of this? I, I did not. Um, no, why? What do you say? I mean, it, not much. I the thing Yeah, exactly. Trying- I don't care to listen to him because he doesn't ever say anything. So, like, what's the point of yeah. like, listening to him? I mean, he said the things you're supposed to say, like, obviously they don't like, they don't love this. It's hard to watch. It's, it's difficult when you're in the middle of it. It's emotional. He's, he's got to approach these things from a different perspective, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, whatever, Jed, like I, the thing that jumped out at me is one, the lack of transparency, like relative to what we were used to with Theo, who for all his faults, and and I get that like part of where we're at right now certainly lands on Theo Epstein's shoulders, because the farm system did not produce waves and waves of talent. Too much of it got traded for a contention window that never really materialized again after 2016. Um, but Theo was always transparent. He always kind of told you, yeah, it's going to be a rebuild. This is the time frame. We think this is what we're trying to do. With Hoyer, he's just sort of like, I, I am old enough to remember when you told us they were going to be competitive this season, right? Like, I now now that it is clear they're not, and we're staring down the barrel of a of a really long rebuild. Hoyer's just kind of like, yeah, sometimes it's just you don't know how things are going to go. And I, I don't know. I, I don't, Mike, I would say that I don't have a lot of confidence in Jed Hoyer. If this were a parliamentary system, I think there should be a vote of no confidence for Jed Hoyer. Well, well, also, people are always too quick to give him a pass and they're like, well, it was Theo's team and now it's Jed's team. And I'm like, um, Jed's been here the entire time. Like right. everything that happened with Blue Friday and everything that happened with not trading guys to maybe sh- do a little roster shakeup after 2016, 2017, you stick with your guys. Do you say the offense is broken? You do nothing except get Daniel Descalso. Jed was a part of all of that. All of it. So to give him a pass, I'm like, oh, what? They just didn't tell. Hey, don't tell Jed what we're doing. We're just going to let him like do the paperwork <laughs> on it. Like, no, he's in the room. He's doing the deals. He's been there the whole time. So, yeah, I so for you to not have confidence at this point after seeing the same thing for six years. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, you'd think 150 million bucks would buy a better team. But, it, you know, it doesn't when. You look at the Mets; they're spending seventy million more. You look at some other, or they're a hundred. One team spending one hundred thirty million more. I looked at it the other day. So the Mets are up there. Dodgers, obviously, Yankees, way up there. They're spending a hundred million dollars more. So you have to ask yourself: Would a hundred million dollars of off-season acquisitions, um, more than what they did? make this team better. And I have to say, yes, absolutely. It would have. And yeah, right. Uh, you know, that would get you a better team. I mean, I, I looked at this yesterday from a slightly different perspective and wound up tweeting out my thought here, but it's one, the Cubs have the most expensive fan experience in baseball. And if you're wondering where that number comes from, because a lot of people in my mentions were uh, t- this, this website time to play, they, they basically go out and they buy a mid-level ticket 
they look at the cost of two beers, they look at the cost of a couple hot dogs, they look at the cost of parking near the ballpark, and they put that all in a bucket as to what the cost of a fan experience at a ballpark is, right? Because when you go to the ballpark, you don't just show up with the ticket, sit there, do nothing, and leave. Like, there's a there's a whole infrastructure of costs surrounding that. The most expensive fan experience in baseball is at Wrigley Field. It has been that way since 2015. And I was okay paying that in 2015 and 2016 and 2017 because the team was good and they were spending and they were doing all of those things. But the the expense has stayed the same. The payroll is now 14th in the league. And let's be honest, like a lot of that is Jason Hayward's contract and Jason Hayward's contract is not very good. So like, honestly, they're paying you, like we're not getting the bang for that 14th buck. We're, we're really getting the bang for like 24th or something like that. And the Cubs are going to lose about a hundred games. If you look at their on pace numbers right now, like it, as of yesterday, I think I looked and they would, it was like 59.14 wins or something like that. So you're looking at a team that's probably going to go 59 and 103. That is quite literally the worst record in the history of the team. From the time they switched <laughs> to a 162 game season in 1962, the Cubs went 159 and 103. And then they did it again in 1966. We're talking about a team this year that will be flirting with the worst record in the history of the franchise as they charge us the most in the league. And I am not here for it. Yeah, me either. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I really, I don't, I don't know. I went in there yesterday. I watched them at least compete in a game. I was, you know, wasn't those blowouts um, that happens uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday, but you know, I could see you sit at a ball game, have a couple beers, you know, like there's pleasure to that. But honestly, it's like on a daily basis to go all the time. Um, you know, all the half the half the stadium is sold with season ticket holders. So they've already spent the money. The Ricketts already have it. Um, so they're just laughing all the way to the bank. Uh, I mean, but it's not worth going to see this. I mean, you see Wilson Contreras, what to say goodbye. You know, like, right. what are we doing here? Like, why? That's I don't how I get... feel every time I'm there. I literally was taking pictures of him looking at the game during that 19 to five or 19 to whatever blowout the other night, crying in the, because I, I'm a sap. I'm, a, I'm an emotional person. Like, I, but I did, did have like literal tears just thinking, I'm so angry at this team for, for putting this together this way. And that game was an embarrassment. Let's get into each of the games, actually, Danny. We haven't talked about specifics here. It's because uh, I don't want to. Well, let's do it. We'll do it quick. We've only got a few minutes before commercial Justin anyway, Steele was awesome. Justin let's just Steele, talk about him. Head to head against you, Darvish. I thought he was great. Go, Justin Steele. That's the Justin Steele I want to see. It's unfortunate that the Cubs could not score more than one run that game. Yeah, and uh, Wick gave it up. And I don't know. He's just, he's not really like the circle of trust arm that maybe we thought we had with him. Um, He's given up a, a couple of uh, games this year. Um, only got the one out, three hit, and he didn't have it right away. Like it was one of those situations where he starts the inning, and I was like, "Oh, he doesn't have it!" <laughs> like you just knew, and you're like, "Somebody like," and you wish you could go get him, but you can't anymore. They right. gotta even if, if they, which is kind of why I don't like the rule. I understand why it exists to face three batters, but you're stuck with a guy and unless they have like a signal where they like pretend they're injured or something, but then like, maybe you've got to like 
keep him out for a couple of days. I don't know, but like he didn't have it. And, it, and um, I don't know, he's, he shouldn't be in the circle of trust uh, that Ross has, but you know, if you're not going to score any runs, you Darvish, that's going to be tough. Anyway, they only got five hits in that game. Um, yeah. I mean, Jan Gomes hit a home run. You Darvish looked great. Like, what am I going to say? I went to this game to welcome back you Darvish, who incidentally, this was the, like, this was like the wild tornado day game. Did you see the video of Darvish on the field? Like as the entire stadium is empty because everyone's in the concourse trying to hide from the tornado and Darvish, Darvish talked to Annie Heilbrun, uh, who's a sideline reporter for the Padres after the game and said it, he, it was a really special moment to him to have just that moment with Wrigley field alone again, that he was, he didn't think he would get that. And it was important to him to get it. Look one, I love that you Darvish truly appreciates Wrigley field. I mean, we all know that he was the guy who explained how special it was here to say a Suzuki, which is why we have say a Suzuki. And I do think that say a Suzuki would have made a difference in some of these games during this 10 game losing streak. So I am holding out hope that when Suzuki comes back, this team will look a little better, but back to Darvish for a second. I love that he's that guy. And also don't have that moment during a tornado warning. Like that was a scary storm that passed through like right overhead. <laughs> yeah. It, that was quite the, uh, yeah. It, what, that thing just blew into Chicago, knocked a bunch of branches down and left and then left us with scorching hum- humid heat. Um, yeah, that was beautiful. And, and that's another guy. I mean, he could, he could have very well been starting that game for the Cubs, but that was the, that was the start of them selling off. Like if you want to know when blue Friday started, it was the moment that they waved the white flag on last season and traded you Darvish and it was yes. over. Um, and, and that's, that's the moment that everybody knew they were, they were going to be shipped out. Theo didn't want to do it. So he quit a year early and they made Theo or they made Jed be the hatchet man. And now he's just going to co the, toe the company line, which is Tom Ricketts sitting there at club 400 telling me that they can't sign, uh, anybody with a compensation pick like Correa because they're going to lose a second round draft pick. So that's where we are friends. So I don't know how much longer everybody wants to stick around as they like charge us you know, $500 to go to a baseball game to basically watch the guys that you could be seeing in Iowa. Cause that's where most of them should be. Um, that's exactly right. I mean, that's what I think every time someone's out here criticizing David Ross, I'm like, he's going to the bullpen for triple a arms that aren't supposed to be here for a year. Like, what is he supposed to do? Like, I don't, I, David Ross does not have a lot of great decisions or options that he can make at the moment. He has the guys who should be in the bullpen as his long swing people in the rotation. Cause the Cubs have no depth right now. Right. Like what yeah. is he supposed to do? Like Michael Rucker is the last guy there and he's the only guy who can pitch right now. Yeah. I think Rucker got sent to triple a, but um, so, well, yeah, the Cubs are doing so poorly. They can throw poor Frank in there because they're losing by more than six. Let's talk about Kyle Hendricks for a second in game two. Kyle Hendricks was really, really good. Uh, he also didn't th- go very deep because, frankly, it was 90 million degrees. It's the hottest. This week is the hottest I have ever been at Wrigley Field during a night game. Like you would get there at seven o'clock and it was still 95 degrees with like just sweltering humidity. So yeah, Kyle Hendricks only threw like 73 pitches and went uh, five and I don't even think he got an out in the sixth inning. I think he came out, gave up a hit and then got pulled. Um, But 
he finally looked like vintage Kyle again. And then the, the bullpen for the next two games, games two and three of the series could not get an out if their life depended on it. It was honestly so frustrating to watch. And it was the whole pen. It was Wick. It was Givens. It was all of them. All of them. Hughes. All of them. They, Norris came out. I have two scorecards with infinity on the bullpen pitchers because they did not get an out. <laughs> uh yeah uh no that was frustrating and i let's talk about Hendricks for a moment yeah he was good one run four hits no walks six k's great so if it's hot and that's the excuse that he can't pitch more than 78 pitches after being gone for two weeks and now uh, and and he can't go more than five fine i totally understand that so why does he even come out for the sixth? Give up one hit and then you pull him? Like, what sense does that make? Like, if you knew, if you thought he could go out there again, then why don't you just just make him do the inning? Like, it was one freaking hit. Like, I don't understand. Like, don't make him start the inning is all I'm saying. Like, let Martin come in with his clean inning or something. Like, like play it differently. Yeah. Like, it reminded me of that World Series, you know, when they're like, oh, we're not going to bring John Lester into a a non-clean inning. And then what do they do? They bring him into a non-clean inning. Hendricks was involved in that situation too. But I'm just saying, I didn't understand. Like, did Hendricks look and be like, oh, that was it. I'm gassed now. Like, no. So that's why I don't trust the heat argument. It was just like, that's what I was like scratching my head about Ross. I'm like, wait, you let him start the inning. One hit is is the thing that makes you go get him. Like that made no Oh, he lost it now. Like, no, he's Kyle Hendricks. Let him work through it. He can do the six innings. You got no guys. You know that. So I'm going to put my Ross hat on for one second. I'm not trying to be a Ross apologist. I promise that if this type of thing keeps happening and it's bad, like I will, I will be out there with everybody else criticizing in, in Ross's defense in this one. I think the bullpen had not completely melted down yet. Like they had that one game the day before where Wick couldn't get some outs, but they were really good in that Yankee series. They looked like they would be fine. And I think Ross was trying to protect Kyle Hendricks. And and that made sense to me intuitively at the time, right? Because what he was seeing was, hey, I've got this pitcher. He's been struggling. We just sort of, I mean, I don't know why they didn't put him on the IL. He was off for like two weeks. They might as well have just IL'd him and pulled up a different arm. Maybe they literally don't have anybody else they could have used in that spot. But it sort of seemed like they could have used another arm during that time period. Uh, and he just was like, okay, we're going to, give you a short start. We're going to go get these outs for you. And then nobody in the bullpen could get out. So I understand why we wouldn't do it in retrospect, particularly after watching the bullpen, just really not have it for two games in a row. I mean, we both of those, I was at both of those games. They were both painful. My scorecard is a mess from both of those games. I. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I, I mean, you go to the game you see this mess over and over and over again. It is bad. I mean, bad. it is embarrassingly bad. So, bad. like, I'm just saying, like, how much I, I you know where I, I hung out on Wednesday night on mm. Ballhawk Corner. And I sat there with Dave. And we kind of listened on the radio and like watched on our phones. And it was fine. Like, I had a nice night. I still saw my friends hung out, lost ten dollars on the pool. <laughs> you know, like I had a good time, you know. And I'm just wondering, like, why, you know, I've been to hundreds of baseball games at Wrigley Field, hundreds. And, like, why, why would I do this to myself? If it's going to be this bad and I'm not even going to watch competitive baseball, at least yesterday's game was competitive. But for you to sit there, I mean, they owe you an apology card. 
Right. <laughs> the I, whole bullpen should write you a letter. I honestly, so that 19, to, was it 19 to five? I, I, I can't even remember how many runs the Cubs ended up scoring. I was so beyond. They scored five. Yeah, they scored. They lost 12 to five, and then they lost 19 to five. That 19 to five game was probably the most frustrating and embarrassed I have ever felt at Wrigley Field. And and you know what? Let's talk about it on the flip side because we need a quick break for our sponsors. We'll cover the last two games of this Padres series and look ahead to the Atlanta series after that. But I have a lot to say about that 19-5 and game. Stay tuned after the break. We're back. Uh, that game was – you could see the blowout happening. You saw the bullpen come in. They still didn't have it. There was a comedy of errors. Like at one point, I think Patrick Wisdom dropped a pop-up. Like it was just kind of like this whole mishmash mess of everything. I think, is this the game? Yeah, this is the game where for reasons, hashtag reasons, like PJ Higgins starts at third base and Patrick Wisdom is in right field. And there's all these, and like, I get it. Every Nobody wants to see Jason Hayward's bat in the lineup anymore. It's been a dead end. But at the same time, like, there were a bunch of balls that Patrick Wisdom didn't get to that Jason Hayward would have gotten to. Like, it was just such a disaster. Like, it was a disaster. And I was, like, progressively just getting angrier and more frustrated throughout the entire game. I walked around the ballpark towards the end because the people sitting next to me were just kind of sitting by some loud frat bro type people, and I just didn't want to be there anymore. So I walked around to the other side so I could look at the Cubs dugout. And as, as Wilson Contreras is watching this game, he's kind of like, you know, he's the place he always is right at the front of the dugout, just watching the action take place. And I was just miserably frustrated and sad and angry that this is what Jed put together for the last days that Wilson Contreras will be on this team. And I was, I was just furious, Danny. I've never been so frustrated and angry at a baseball game. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like, why are you, why would you go in there and buy $14 beers just to be frustrated and angry? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like there's no medal handed out to fans at the end of the year for like most suffering fan. Like there's, there should you know, be. that's what the Cubs need. A most, well, we all deserve award. it. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I would definitely nominate you amongst a bunch of other people, but it's okay, just like, Al's there's the no, one who's watching this whole season, maybe give it to Al. We're talking about it right about it there's lots of us that are are in there uh you know doing it but at this point you know the season's lost every season's precious yeah bs you know you don't really believe that if you're gonna throw this out there and i, I mean they, they they didn't even try you know like everybody remember we had the rancher roundtable right before the season started and most people had this team that if everything went right they might hit 500 Right. Might. Everybody had him at like 77 wins. And then um, nobody thought they would add. So, like, you know, it's like, it's just like a done deal. It, it was, or the season was already a done deal. So that now with the injuries, it's like the only disappointing thing about that is you're not even going to build your farm system up by having some decent performances out of the bullpen for pitching or like, what are you going to do with Daniel Norris? Who's going to want to take his eight ERA? Right. Nobody. You know, uh, Alec Mills, he's no help. And he's, well, he's not even on the trade block because he's cheap and controllable. It could take, and could just eat. He's going to eat so many innings at the end of the year. They're just going to like stick him out there till his arm falls off because somebody's got to pitch. And Frank Schwindel, 
you know, they he Frank Schwindel really needs to work on a secondary pitch, I think. <laughs> like, <laughs> See, send him like down to Iowa. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll be I mean, by the end of the year, he might have a little lower ERA than some of these other guys. Um, it's just it's unconscionable that I mean, it, it's it's not unconscionable. They it's who they it's who they signed. They screwed it's who up. They are. This is it's, this is the team yeah. that they put together on purpose. And honestly, like I, I get yeah. that they're hurt. I get that they'd look a lot better with Smiley and Miley and. Alzali in the rotation like I get that there's uh, that Seiya Suzuki over the last two weeks would have probably made a pretty big difference in some of these moments where the Cubs came up with the close games yeah right like there's some wins not, there not the 19 to 5 contest totally. I don't think Seiya no. Suzuki's single-handedly scoring us 14 runs but who but knows like that four to one affair or like that game against the Yankees that went 13 innings like there's there's some games there where where a guy who can make some really good contact with runners on would have made a difference that said we're talking two to four wins that maybe get this team from 23 and 40 to like 25 and 38 or 27 <laughs> yeah. and whatever that works out to, right? Like this is not, these are not, these are like small things at the margins. They are not a 500 baseball team. Yeah. And that was the best case scenario. That's with guys performing at their highest levels. That's you with, you know, no injuries. That's, you know, that's with everything going right. So if everything goes right in your 500, well, I mean, that's not going to be good enough. And definitely then the guys that are so talented in the minor leagues that we are stocking up on, first of all, there's no guarantees. And second of all, they're so far away, although they might not be quite as far because, as we've seen, I don't think they had any intention of bringing Killian up until now, but then they have to send him out there in many cases to wear it. Unfortunately, he was a little wild in this game. Five walked. Yeah. He, um, he didn't look, he did not look like he had super crisp stuff. I mean, I think we saw in this game, why Killian should not really be a mainstay in the rotation until next year. You should get some spot starts this year and he should be in the rotation next year. And they're going to ask him to be in the rotation this year. He's not going to look very good during that time period. That, that doesn't mean he's a bad pitcher. It means he's going to have to work some stuff out at the major leagues that he should be working out in AAA. Well, and maybe that's just what we should be here for, you know, and let's just watch Killian starts and watch him figure it out because he's obviously somebody they're going to be counting on in the future. He's going to be, he's part of their plan for sure. Um, He's very talented. Let him, instead of figuring it out in Iowa, Maybe it's kind of good that he, I mean, why hide him? Just bring him up, let him pitch. I mean, what's the difference? Well, keep him on a pitch count, teach him how teach him the league. I don't know. Like, I I think that's what you're going to get this year. Cause I think Killian is in the rotation for the foreseeable future. I don't know who else could take that spot. I mean, I want to just talk briefly about the last game. Stretch stretch out Schwindel. That, you know, Matt Schwarmer didn't look great, but he looked better than he did against the Yankees and he was getting some guys out. He just got out dueled by Joe Musgrove and then the Cubs couldn't come back in the end. That was a six to four game. It looked like the Cubs had chances. They even scored in the ninth inning to give us some hope. Maybe they're maybe they're breaking out of their funk. But the biggest problem for this Cubs team that I see, Danny, is that they are on a 10 game skid. They are about to run into an Atlanta Braves team that is on a 14 game winning streak. <laughs> I I really feel like this losing streak is probably going to extend through the rest of the homestand. Well, the, see, this is where I just, I got to disagree with you, Sarah, because in baseball, 
there's always the, well, you got to win eventually and you got to lose eventually. So you got the Braves coming in at 14 games. I mean, that's good for us. They're tired of winning. They've won. They've won plenty. They're going to, it's like tortoise in the hair. They're like, oh, baseball's easy. Everything's going great for us. Everybody's hitting. Everybody's pitching. Everybody's fielding. We're awesome. And they're going to come in here. They're going to be like, look, look at these schlubby cubbies. And they've lost 10 straight. They're terrible. We're just going to walk all over them. They're going to take their eye off the ball. And the Cubs will, I don't think they're going to win more than one game, but they'll win, they'll win a game. One of them. I don't so know. Don't Danny know which thinks they're going to win a game. I, I, I'm not really sure they will, but we can. Well, let's just talk about these games that are coming up because there are some things to keep an eye on here. Uh, the Cubs' probable pitchers that they will bring into this Braves series: Keegan Thompson will get the start Friday afternoon. Justin Steele will go on Saturday, and Doctor Hendo slash Mister Kyle, one of the two, is going to is going to throw that Sunday game. Danny, they're they're going to face off against Charlie Morton, who hasn't really looked like himself this year. Maybe the Cubs can get to him. A little bit, Kyle Wright and Ian Anderson, who have both looked excellent. What do you see in these pitching matchups? Well, Thompson, you're hoping bounces back from two absolutely horrible starts when he's given up 12 runs in the last 3.2 innings that he's pitched over two games. So he hasn't lasted at all. Um, Charlie Morton, I mean, he's 38. You know, he's been a great pitcher for a long time. They just saw a curveball guy yesterday, and now they're going to see Morton and his curveball today and then they're going to see Kyle Wright who's also got that crazy curveball as well so maybe it, it, hey they're all going to get practice hitting curveballs that's the best case scenario <laughs> against that like three days in a row curveball pitchers enjoy that um young young men um so, yeah Thompson you hope brought, brought bounces back Steele's been great you hope that continues because he you know it Everybody's calling them the next John Lester. Sure, let's go with that. If we need to find hope somewhere, let's do that. And then Hendo, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if the reason they're only sending him out there for five innings at a time and not doing it, uh, you know, letting him like do his thing for as long as possible is because maybe he's even part of this, like, well, we, we still want to restock this farm system. That's still the plan. So we got to trade who we got. So let's protect Hendo, showcase him. And then he's actually somebody that maybe they could, maybe that's what they're doing. I don't know. So it's interesting. Ian Anderson is not that good. Maybe they win that one. Uh, that's Father's Day. So that'd be nice if the Cubs could pull out a Father's Day victory for all the Cub fans who bring their fathers to the day, to the game that day. But can I say one thing about that third game? Yeah, say whatever you want. It's, it's all right. Podcast, well, you know, Danny. you know how the Cubs are doing. Uh, yeah, that was a rhetorical question, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, you know how, um, they the Cubs are doing those special ticket offers, and I if you could hear the quotes around my voice, they were there. Um, the the offer where you pay for you pay a whole price extra. ticket for like a fifteen dollar giveaway. Yeah, basically yeah, you I, buy a, a. Yeah, have you noticed that they decided in their infinite wisdom to have Father's Day also be Stranger Things Day? <laughs> I did not notice that. That's yeah, I'm like, um, you couldn't give out a like a father's type thing with. <laughs> I mean, it could, Stranger Things Day literally could have been any other day. Well, and also, like, Stranger Things, like, one, so the one, the main family, the dad is gone, and the Eleven has, like, the father figure who's, like, in this whole, like, well, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but there's, like, this whole, like, thing about, like, him as a, anyway. 
it just father. I don't really think Father's Day and Stranger Things like are as far apart as possible. Well, sometimes, but <laughs> I mean, hopefully, let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about Stranger Things. I watched a couple episodes, but I do know that it has nothing to do with Father's Day traditionally. The other day that it is, it's Juneteenth. So there, the Cubs are oh. doing something for that. And they have a huge, uh, it's the Black Entrepreneur's Experience. So they've got food trucks, um, ice cream, oh, e- cool. even a, a cigar line, Black Star cigar line. Yeah. Why haven't I heard this? Why isn't that publicized more? I'm excited about that. Well, because it's Stranger Things Day and it's yeah, <laughs> taking that's priority. That's ridiculous. Like I would be all over like promoting the Juneteenth part of that and roll, like just do Stranger Things later. Yeah, they literally have chicken and ribs at the Juneteenth thing, and Stranger Things is just a stupid hat for forty dollars to sit in nosebleed. Like, I, what are we doing? It's Father's Day, everybody. <laughs> like, it's baseball and dads and sons and like, and straight. Okay, uh, whatever. Um, Sarah, you're going to the game, so I, I hope they win for you. But you need the sad thing about it is. If you want to go eat at What a Jerk food truck or eat Sean Michelle's homemade ice cream, you need a ticket to get in to the uh, Gallagher Way because that's still ticket only. So it's not just open to anybody, but um, still pretty cool that they're doing it. Yeah. I, well, I'm glad I got the ticket um, that I I purchased on StubHub just so I could see how glitchy the site was and write about it. Um, I'm I'm glad I got that. So I, I will definitely check that out and see what's going on. But I agree with you. They're they're publicizing this wrong. Like I, they should be publicizing the hell out of the Juneteenth part of that. Uh, they should not be doing Stranger Things Day that day. And I honestly like what is even yeah. Like who signed right who now? signed who, off, who signed on, off this? on this? Like what, yeah. what are we doing? What are we doing, people? Um, are you using that? bots in the front office to run things? Is that, that what would actually come to? explain a lot? If, sentient if AI bots, <laughs> bots are running the Cubs y'all the sentient <laughs> AI is, is making decisions <laughs> did you ever read Dan Zimbrowski over at Fangraphs oftentimes programs a like predictable text AI with with things that could happen it's they're pretty funny like he gets he gets some pretty funny uh computer generated realities from baseball if you've not checked that out make sure you give Dan oh. a follow it's it's going to be really funny until it's not. And that's all we read. <laughs> it's just like the bots have taken over everything, including that's baseball. The- like, let's have robots play baseball. Let's just like who could build the better baseball robot to pitch it and hit it and field it. God, I'm going to I'm going to retire to the desert long before I'm watching robots play baseball. <laughs> but some guys who are not robots who are playing baseball, there's some hot hitters on both this Cubs team and this Braves team. And let me start at the top. With two of my favorites, because the hottest hitter for the Atlanta Braves and the hottest hitter for the Chicago Cubs are both Contreras brothers. You've got Wilson Contreras with a WRC plus of 175, William Contreras with a WRC plus of 176, just edging out his older brother. And can I just say, I I love that. I love all of that. Go Contreras. Contreras. <laughs> That's yes, funny. the plural of Contreras. Yeah, I suppose. In my opinion, yeah. that's how I say it. Contreras I'm, I'm, is. I'm, it, no. I am adopting it immediately. Contreras. They're the Contreras. Uh, <laughs> farther down on this list, beyond the, the Contreras brothers just mashing, and both of them have been mashing. It's been outstanding. Uh, you got Dansby Sponson. He's got WRC Plex of 167 over the last month or so. Uh, Austin Riley at 151. Michael Harris Jr., who's another rookie who's been called up, is pretty good at 146. Ronald Acuna. Junior, actually, it's Michael Harris the third, Ronald Acuna Junior. I 
mixed that up. My apologies. Uh, Cunha at 136, Ozuna at 128, and Travis Yarno also at 128. This Braves team is coming in hot, Danny. Yeah, they're second in OPS and homers. Uh, they do strike out a lot, but they've scored the fifth most runs. Yeah, they've got their Cubs have their work cut out for them. Uh, they're they're. Their starters are good. Their their bullpen's even better than than their starters. So uh, when we're seeing three pretty apt uh, pitchers, but if they have the lead going into into the late innings, they've got uh, two ninety one uh, bullpen ERA. So good luck with that. I it, I looked up a crazy stat, um, which was because somebody said the Cubs bullpen has given up the most home runs, and this is before yesterday's game. So it's different now. On I. I yeah, it is different now. It, maybe it's like 44 homers now, 45. But it was when I looked it up, it was 43 home runs, and that was the the most in the major leagues. Um, the Braves were at 16. Oh, come on. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It, and part of that is because our starters are going so short into games that they've taken – that like we've pitched the most – fourth most innings pitched out of our bullpen. And – um so th- that has something to do with it because this is a counting stat. And if you're out there more innings, you're going to give up more home runs. You got Frank Schwindel out there. You're going to give up some homers and Andrelton Simmons, you know? Yeah. They're uh, not but, very good pitchers. They're not, but the well. Yankees 11 out of their entire pen. Well, that's great. 11 home runs Cubs 43. Like, what are we looking at here? I Come on now. I mean, one of the things I think we're looking at, and I know that was a rhetorical question, but I'm going to, I'm going to answer it seriously is that the gap, <laughs> between the teams who are trying and the teams who are good and the teams who are middling and mm-hmm. not trying is massive. Like the yeah. gap in this league has probably never been bigger between the top and the bottom. And I think that's what we saw between the Cubs and the Yankees. And frankly, I think they're still recovering from that trip to the Bronx. That was an, an utter, utter embarrassment. Um, the Cubs offense outside of Wilson Contreras, who is still mashing, they actually have quite a few guys who have been pretty good. They just can't, Get, they can't sync up to have the bullpen and the starting pitching and the hitting all working at the same time. Uh, Ian Happ has a WRC plus over the last month and change of 152. He's also got a five-game hitting streak. Michael Cerami's got some stats on that over on Twitter if you want to check him out. P.J. Higgins is a, at 151. That's why he's playing third base. David Ross is just trying to keep anybody who can hit in this lineup. Christopher Morell is at 141. God, I love Christopher Morell. I'm so glad he's here. And I swear to God, if the Cubs send him back this season while he's hitting like this, I will lose my mind. And then Patrick Wisdom rounding it out at 117. That's actually quite a slide from where he was a few weeks ago. He's in a little bit of a slump. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lost in it. were like you said, are a couple of good performances, especially happened Contreras. Uh, yeah, Morell did fall off a little bit, you know, from his really, really hot start when he first came up and got on base every single day. But I mean, pitchers are adjusting still take to him. It. They're adjusting to him a little bit. One of the things I noticed in his baseball savant stats is that he's seeing more off speed and breaking stuff at the moment. So we're going to see how he can do against that. And well, that's if what he they can always keep do. That, then you know he's gonna he's gonna stick around for a long time, in my opinion. That glove is special. That he can throw. He's got a great arm. It plays a lot of different positions. Definitely. So valuable and a spark plug to the team and everybody seems to like him. So, I mean, he's got a lot going for him, but it makes me think though. It's like, this always happens that as soon as a guy comes up, he hits like gangbusters for two weeks straight. 
And then pitchers are like, oh, let's throw him some off-speed pitches, see what he can do with that. And then so they do that. And then he doesn't hit for like maybe the rest of his career at, at sometimes, in like the case of Roberto's Garcia. And then, but why don't as as soon as a rookie comes up, never throw him a fastball? Shouldn't that just be what you do? Just like guy comes up, oh, this rookie can't hit off speed. Just throw him like a steady diet of change-ups until he proves he can hit that, not the other way around. Yeah, they're seeing would, velocity in the minors. One would think that that's how they do it, but they don't for whatever reason. I don't know. I maybe should it's coach, some sort man. Of like, I should. Maybe it's some sort of hazing thing. Maybe it's some sort of ritual where it's like you have to beat my fastball first, and then you get to see my changeup. I don't know. Like I, well. I have no idea what's going on there. Um, <laughs> The so Danny, just a couple of thoughts before we go. I just want to say, just please win one. Like, just end this horrible losing streak so we can talk about something else. Because frankly, there's been a lot of flying the L this homestand, and it's I just I need I need to sing the song, Danny. I need to hear the song. I need to sing the song. I need to celebrate a Cubs victory, and it feels like we're just not going to get many more of those this season. You know, you and I were joking on Twitter, I think last series about how, oh, maybe this team can win 69 games. That kind of seems like a stretch goal right now. I am not going to lie. Like the idea that this team is going to win 46 more games over the course of what's left of the season. Honestly, they would have to overperform from where they're at right now. Yeah. So I guess uh, there is something to hope for. At least it's not something that we'll cakewalk to that 69 game thing. And it's going to get tougher when we lose our best players in a couple of months. Um, yeah, it's, it's bleak. I, I am going to, I do have a little hope for the series after this to look ahead slightly is the Pittsburgh pirates. The Cubs are going over there. And although we're looking up at them in the standings, I would say that we, they're still a more beatable team than some of the teams that we've been facing recently, which have frankly been the best teams in baseball. And they have come in here and smacked us around like little babies. And it's, it's just like, I think Gordon Whitmire said it on the, the Cubs talk podcast. It was hilarious. He was talking about the Yankees series, like before, right before the Yankees series and Kaplan asked him, he was like, what do you think is going to happen? He uh, you know, as uh, the Cubs, they look up at the Yankees as their measuring stick about where they are as a team. He goes, what's going to happen? And, and Whitmire said, I think that the Yankees are going to take that measuring stick and beat the Cubs to a bloody pulp with it. And I was like, yep, pretty. That sounds about right. And that's exactly what happened. And it just kept happening. But now we got the pirates and I will be at the game next Tuesday. Nice. So if you're going to be at the game next Tuesday, follow me at Sunranto, and you know, maybe I'll see you shake your hand and say, what's up cup fan. And, uh, We'll we'll commiserate together. We'll give each other knowing knowing hugs. No, uh, okay. Danny's promising knowing hugs at Pittsburgh. Uh, you can follow him at Sunranto if you want to take him up on that. If you want to follow me you can, and all of my baseball takes, you can follow me at, at BCB underscore Sarah. Uh, you can also follow the podcast at, at Cup of Cubby Blue, where we're tweeting out everything that we talk about in this show and more. Look, I don't know what to tell you. I don't have a lot of hope for this Atlanta series, but we're going to see what can happen. Maybe the Cubs can eke out a win. If they do, you will hear about it here on Monday on Cup of Cubby Blue. Until next time, go Cubs.